0: Love Talk Radio All right, let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for that opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and God to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought. As I make manifold known the wisdom of God, Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and be revealed, you be glorified for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. As you know, I've endeavored to teach the Word of God systematically. So I would encourage you to get a notebook specifically for this particular broadcast and teaching and take notes as best as possible. Also, if you can't get it the first time live, Go over it again and download it absolutely free and listen to it until it becomes rhema in your heart because I believe that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I also know that there's an anointing that comes when the man of God preaches the Word of God and so that you can apply the Word of God to your life because it says, how can they hear without a preacher? Well, I'm serving as a preacher today to take you systematically through the Word of God on various topics so you can learn and have confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe what you believe. But you believe, and so we're going to embark upon a new series tonight, and I want you to take detailed notes because I think it's going to bless your life. The series is entitled "Love as a Lifestyle." Love. As a lifestyle. It's a very simple uh, topic, but I think it's going to give us a, a, a great picture. Of course, you know John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Scripture goes on and says, In the beginning, John one one says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word with God. And the word became flesh, and we beheld his glory, full of grace and truth, right? And it says, in him was the life. It goes on to say, and it says, in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And darkness comprehended it not. So in Christ, and the Bible says, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. When we become born again, and we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, he transforms our life from the inside out from the core, the heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God looketh man looketh on the outward appearance, God looketh on the heart. As we begin to reflect the nature of God, looking him dealing with us within, we begin to embody a lifestyle that is far superior than the world, and that is love as a lifestyle, amen. So the lifestyle of God that God intends for us to have Lives um, when we embody the convictions, the compassion, and the character of Christ that Christ mastered at Calvary. And you can refer to John one four, John eleven twenty five, and Second Corinthians chapter four verses eight through fourteen. Let's read that. It's a powerful scripture that says, and it at verse seven. But we have these treasures in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, not yet, not yet distressed. We are perplexed but not dis- in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For which we live are already being delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, and therefore have have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Why? The lifestyle God intends us to live um, embodies the convictions, the compassions, and the character of that Christ mastered at Calvary. The lifestyle of God demands our beliefs and our actions um, are committed, consistent, and characterized by the things of God. For the natural man cannot obtain the things of God, neither does he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The Bible goes on to say that the natural uh, man thinks it's foolishness to him. Why? Because uh, God uses the foolishness of this world to confound the wise, and it becomes a stumbling block to the unbeliever. You know, when we talk about, you know, the love, God loves you, you know, they don't understand that because they are looking uh, to be merited based on accomplishments, uh, to be identified as great. But we know that the motive of God's heart is to unite us through his love. And it's that lifestyle of God that God demands of our belief in the power of his love to translate us from the kingdom of darkness and transform us into the kingdom of his dear son that makes us committed, consistent, and characterized by the things of God. And then thirdly, the lifestyle of God achieves godliness through our daily use and exercises of of godliness. And this is having the promise of what is and what is to come. And you can refer to 1 Timothy 4, 8, which says, Godliness, uh, exercise uh, of the body profits a little But godliness is of great, uh, of great gain, which is having the promises of what is and what is to come. Why? Because God has great plans for our life. And, and it is activated and it's launched through the explosion of God's love. So we need to understand what God's love is. And, of course, you know, the Christian form of godly love is called agape, unconditional love. But it is really the life force of God, Zoe life, being exposed to our hearts to exemplify God's nature um, and to experience God's presence on a daily basis. God's love is a force, a life force, a source of hope because God is love. Amen, and and we know that God is love, according to John, chapter uh, uh, first John rather, um, first John, chapter two, and also chapter four, and also chapter three. Amen. Now there's some things we need to understand. Also, let's go a little further into understanding the love of God. But before we get into the love of God, I want to remind you that love is a principle of honor. When we talk about, you know, naturally, natural love is a principle of honor. When you love something, you treat it a certain way. You treasure moments with it. You take time uh, to identify with what you love. You, you love how it feels. You love what, 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 it, what, it, what, what you're experiencing because it's a part of who you really are. And God exposes us to love through the principle of honor. Through the principle of honor. And how do we know this? Because we first of all are innately built to honor God. It is almost impossible to reject the honor that is attributed to the creator of the world. There is a n there is a supernatural flooding of the spirit to honor, to naturally honor God. Because God created all creation. To thrive and thrust in his love. Amen. So we honor God, but we also naturally honor our guardians, which are principles of honor. Because love is a principle of honor. We naturally love them. We naturally love our guardians, our family, our parents, our upbringing. then we also uh, have a a principle of honor in our, our governmental authority there's some unique facet of love for those that are in authority because they help us pattern the principles of life as we walk it out to our best ability in good merits and morals and the makeup of our of our ethics and values. So we, we honor our God, we honor our guardians, we honor our government, but we also honor giving because when love is truly expressed, we reflected in giving it back out to other people because we enjoy the experiences that we encounter with love. Amen. Not only do we honor God and with our guardians and honor God and honor governmental authorities and our giving, but we also honor when we have godly associations. When we have godly associations, because. The, these, uh, these levels being connected to someone that can love like we love, we value. Like a good friend or a, a romantic partner. Um, those, those expressions of love are all based on principles of honor. So when we talk about the love of God as a lifestyle, we are really honoring God with reflecting his nature The principle of honor through love is to reflect the same love that we receive. He loved us enough to sustain us and cause us to live, move, and have our being. So we, in turn, exemplify in our lifestyle that same love. And that's what empowers us. That's what makes us who we are in God. Amen. So, five things that we should know about the love of God. Five things that we should know about the love of God as we begin. Love as a lifestyle. Number one, love, the love of God, is a direct result of being governed by the Holy Spirit. Of course, you know the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. We know that God is love. God is a spirit, and he desires those that worship him to worship him in spirit and in truth. The highest form of God's nature is expressed in the spirit. So the the highest expression of the spirit is the love. It says these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these things is love. Amen. And don't let anyone tell you contrary. The The highest expression of the spirit that you can exemplify to anyone else is the love that God has placed in your heart through the spirit. Amen. Because this is a love walk, and God demands of us to love God. And if we love God, we love God who we don't see. We love those who we do see, because the ones we do see come from God. Amen. So the love of God is a direct result of being governed by the Holy Spirit. The love of God unites us to Christ and makes our union um, inseparable. The scripture goes on, you know, of course, I love to read the Roman road, um, chapter 8, Romans chapter 8. And, of course, you know, it's talking about being spirit, spiritually governed at the first part. But then when we get around 35 to 39, it says, what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall plague, shall sickness, shall disease, shall famine. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Because when you experience God's love, it unites you to Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name, but the power of God which he possessed that transferred to us to make us who we are in him, right? And that love is unbreakable. The Bible says, once you're in the hand of the Lord, no man can pluck you out. I've been saying that for years. Amen. But in John 3.16 and Romans 8.35-39, it deals with that. But also, thirdly, the love of God awakens our faith. Faith worketh by love. I, I said that earlier, and I don't want you to forget that. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Why Why can't you hear it? Because God loves you. He loves you so much that he's speaking, and that if you hear his voice, your heart and not your what? Your heart. Why? Because God loves you. He wants you to be identified with his love. And the, and the, what identifies us with his love is the 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 expression and the union that we have in our faith, which causes us to act in the causes of Christ. Uh, amen. Fourthly, the love of God is advanced in high regard for authority to the commandments of God. Now, I want to go to this because when you love God, you do what He says. That's just a direct quote of Scripture. But I think sometimes we fail to comply. To the things we know God says. And that's not—that's a disregard to his love. If we love him we do what he says. Because we know he has our best at heart. Go with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. And let's just read a couple of verses through there. Um, start at around 4. Well let's start at verse 3. And hereby... We do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, whose word? God's word, in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith, He abideth in him also. Or in him, ought himself also, to walk even as he walked. So when we talk about having a lifestyle, we're talking about walking and padding in ourselves after the the word uh, out after the commands of God, because God's commands demands that we comply to His word, Amen. And when we when we really say that we love God, we are doing what He says, right? And we know that we love God. And we know that the love of God is bringing about a maturity or perfecting us because we walk and we abide in God and we walk even as he walks. Amen. So the love of God is advanced through high regard for the authority of the commands of God. And then fifthly, the love of God alters our courses uh, through advancing through acts of compassion. Now let's go over to First John chapter three, and of course you can go to verse one. Let's read, behold what manner of love, of love the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not appear what we shall be, but we know when He shall appear we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Right? Even as he is pure. Now skip down to verse 17. Skip down to verse 17. It says this, But whosoever hath the world's good and seeth his brother hath a need, and shutteth the bowels of his compassion from him, how does, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So the love of God alters our courses of actions through the advancements of acts of compassion, through how we display it one to another. Amen. And, and there's so much more than that. Of course, you know, you can go to First John chapter 2. All the way to chapter 4, and it's still bringing out this love of God being perfected in us. No man. Let's go to chapter 4, verse. Uh, oh, there's so much in here. Oh, Lord, have. Uh, oh, okay. Let's start at verse 4. Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them, because greater is He that's within you than He that's within the world. They that are in the, of the world, therefore, um, therefore speak they of the world, and they of the world hear them. We are of God; He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not of us. Hereby we know the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for the love of God, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein we, we herein is the love, not that we love God, but that He first loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins, beloved. If God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit. So when we have the spirit of God, we can live like God lives. The love of God can be perfected in us Because we are born of God, and what God first gave us, uh, a substitute for our sins, a propitiation, a stand-in, Jesus being Jesus, and that, that expression of love toward us directly make us love one another because he didn't have to do it, but he did. Amen. So, so these scriptures are always good to have in your rolodex when you talk about the theology of love. Romans five five, John three sixteen, Romans eight thirty five through thirty nine, Second Thessalonians three one through six, First John chapter two verses four through six, First John chapter three verses seventeen, and then First John chapter four, verses four through um, thirteen. Those scriptures are all the theology. Of God's love. Now let's get into this lesson a little deeper in our last few minutes, and then we'll pick this up in the following week. Now I want to give you—I'm going to do this. I'm going to give the three points of the lesson. I'm only going to go cover through point one. Hopefully, I can cover all of it in the next few minutes. I'm going to give you the three points, and then I'm going to expound on them in the next two lessons. Okay? So I'm going to expound on the last two points in the last two lessons, and then I'm going to expound on the first point tonight with five sub-points. Can we do that in the next few minutes? let's, Let's put on our thinking guards. Take as much notes as you can, and again, download if you can't get it, and keep going over it until it becomes a part of your nature naturally. Amen? Now, let me give you the three points. The love of God liberates us to live out our new creation reality. The love of God liberates us to live out of our new creation reality. Number two is the love of God compels the light of the gospel when reflecting on the compassion of Christ. The love of God compels the light of the gospel when reflecting on the compassion of Christ. And then finally, the love of God brings about a divine perfection which, when the believer thrives thrives, it becomes a preserved through revelation knowledge. Let me say that again: the love of God brings about a divine perfection for when the believer thrives, it becomes a preservation as a result of revelation knowledge. okay So I want to cover those last two points in in the next lesson, but then in this lesson, I want to deal with This first point, which is the love of God, liberates us. It sets us free. It sets us free. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And any time you hear the love of God uh, being talked about, we are hearing really uh, the freedom that is found in being governed by the Holy Spirit. How, How we move and flow from day to day. You know. And it's just not not good to just say, I know God, I love God, and not reflect him in your behavior, your attitude and your conduct. It's just not it's just not it's just not right. <laughs> All right, but let's go and let's study this out. And you know, I have actually uh Galatians chapter five and you've got to read the whole chapter. But I'll skim through it a little bit and we'll go through it. Okay? Now it says, stand fast therefore in the liberty Wherewith Christ has made us free And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage Okay And it talks about what Christ has done And of course you know if uh, Verse 4 says Christ becomes of no effect unto you Whosoever you are justified by the law And a fallen for grace For we through the Spirit Wait for the hope of righteousness by faith For in Jesus Christ Neither is Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So here we see the principle of love. The principle of love is is exposed in verses 1 through verses 6. Liberty is a prophetic declaration to us. Prophetic means spoken from the voice of God, given to us. For us to apply to our life, and and he tells us, based on the old covenant and based on the cultures and the customs of the past, it can corrupt you if you start applying those things without proper conviction. Y'all, y'all got to hear the, what the Spirit says to the church now. We got to grow up here because we've been talking about the love of God, about what we know the love of God commands through our lifestyle. Now here we see that it opens us up to a liberty found in Christ. And that liberty prophetically declares over us that, that, this, that, this, that this engagement uh, is awakened when we eradicate the customs, the claims, and covenants of the past and connect to faith and being justified by faith which is an acceptance of what God has did at Calvary, re- redemption, right? But not only a revelation of our redemption, it's our right standing with God. And, and let me say this, when, when we talk about justification by faith, three things are affected. Number one, our right standing with God, the renewing of our, number two is the renewing of our mind, and the reality of our redemption. That's what faith justifies. That's what we believe and we act according We act as if God has done what he said he was going to do because we know he already did it. He said it was finished, it's finished. And we walk in the newness of life. Why? Because this liberty causes us to exist in this created order which God restored as a result of Calvary. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are of God. Now, this is is a... uh, a, a new era in life. All right. So, so here is the principle of love exposed to us. Faith worketh by love, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith, the just, li- those who've been justified, live by faith. The life by faith is engineered and governed and fashioned by the love of God. All right. Now, when this takes place, new creation reality has full effect to take course. Now, let's go on to some more passages in this particular passage. It goes on to say, um, verse 13, Brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only don't use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor, what? As thyself. Here's the prophetic implication again. Through liberty, the law is fulfilled in the life of love that is displayed one to another. Why? Because we've been created again in that, new, that, that newness of life where we can approach God. In, in that sense of justification by faith, which resolves that we've been renewed in our mind, huh? we have right standing with God, and we have revelation of our redemption. Do y'all hear me? Because a lot of people cannot walk in the confidence of the love of God because they don't have confidence in what he did for them. And this is why they're not experiencing God's love and able to display God's love appropriately, even though they want to. My people are not destroyed because of a lack of spirit. They're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Am I right? I got to go on because we got five things that we must resolve. And I want to break this down for implementation um, uh, for us so that we can we can excel in it. Okay. Now, verse 16, it says, walk in the spirit. Here, here we go. And ye shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, um, are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things which ye would. But if ye are led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these: adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, um, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, and murder, drunkenness, revellings, and and such of that which which I tell you before. I have also told you in times past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. <laughs> Right? Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh and the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us what? Walk in the Spirit. Why? Love as, this is love as a lifestyle, prophetically declared over us through liberty. In the new creation reality, it awakens our new creation reality. Let us also walk in the Spirit, and let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another, right? Now, here um, is the theme for the love of God liberates us to live out our new creation reality. Now, let's also go to Ephesians. Okay, I got a few minutes left, so we got to go turbo, but that's the blessing of getting the recording. Let's go to Ephesians, and let's look at chapter 1. And I have 1 through 23, but I'm going to skip through that again. And and we're going to start at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So Christ here, when we see Christ, is not Jesus' last name, but the power for us to live what he wants us to live. God liberates us. To engage, um, what the love of God does when we uh, uh, does is it engages our faith. The love of God liberates us to live out our new creation reality. If we are in Christ, He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Now, and of course, it goes through the role of redemption. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to emphasize here, um, how it resolves. Us being enlightened, of course, you know, we are predestined. Predestined, you keep reading through that, keep reading through it, all the way where it says um, that the eyes of our understanding, verse 18, being enlightened, that we might know the hope of his calling to the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion at every name that is named not only in this world but in the world that is um, but in that which is also to come. And put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of them that filleth all in all. So we know that that. That the work that Christ has done, Ephesians and um, Galatians, help us understand this way of liberty, and 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 it also resolves for us to operate in the love of God. Amen. To love the love of God. Amen. Let's go to uh, these five aspects. Amen. I got nine minutes, and I'm going Get through it. Uh uh write down second Corinthians five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen and it says therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold all things are are become new. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now we then are ambassadors of Christ, as though Christ did beseech you by us, and we pray you in Christ did be reconciled to God, for he hath made him. To be sin for us who knew no sin That we might be made the righteousness of God in him So we have right standing with God To exist in new creation reality Because of the liberty that's found in Christ That that reminds us that we have right standing with God Because we've renewed our mind And we have a revelation of our redemption Okay, That's the point that I'm trying to prove So here I want to give you five things right quick and I'm going to go through these things real quickly, but we'll, we'll pick it up in advance of the next lesson. In, in the new creation reality, when we say we have, new, we have, we have access to, to approaching things from a new perspective, in this new creation reality, five things take place. Number one, we trade our natures. We trade our natures from natural to supernatural, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14. We resolve to be spirit led. We resort to uh, to true uh, to a true repentant heart. We renew the mind towards the things of God. Why? Because we trade natures from natural to supernatural. Number two, we trust in the Holy Spirit. John uh, John sixteen ten through seventeen. We train ourselves in the righteousness of God. We trace the truth through receiving teaching in the scripture. And we transfer authority to Christ. (laughs) Okay. Thirdly, we tame the tongue. James chapter 3 verses 1 through 18. We adapt to the standards of God's conduct. We abolish common tendencies of defilements. And we alter our language to faith. And then... Number four, we have transformation of heart. And there's too many scriptures, and I'll pick that up in the second lesson to go in. But when we do that, we align our convictions to what we've learned in the presence of Christ. We advance through the obedience to the truth, and we abandon alienation from the life of God. Amen? Now I'm gonna go into number four. I want you to pay close attention. Put a star by that, and then when we start part two's uh, um, notes, we're gonna really expound on this, and then we're gonna launch into the the, um, the second part. Turbo speed, amen. All right, we got five minutes. Number five, training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. 2 Timothy chapter three verses sixteen. We translate the divine life scripturally, we transform our behavior to our commitments to Christ, and then we transfer lordship through submitting to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So one of the things that happens, or the things that happens to us when we talk about having a new nature, we trade our natures from natural to supernatural. We trust in the Holy Spirit. We tame the tongue. We tra- we have a transformation of heart, right? And then we trade our we we train ourselves in righteousness. Train ourselves in righteousness. Did y'all get that? Okay, let me say it one more time. We trade our natures from natural to supernatural. We trust in the Holy Spirit. We tame the tongue. We have a transformation of heart, and then we train ourselves in righteousness. Amen. Why? Because we have love as a lifestyle, and love demands a lot of us, and we're going to go into what that love demands. Amen. And amen. Now, remember the principle of, we've learned the principle of honor, the principle of love as, as a result that faith works by love in Galatians. And we've taken you to various scriptures to define what the love of God is and how it affects our life. And through this, we believe that when we apply these things to us, we will excel in life to a higher quality of life. We don't have to believe it. We know it because we have confidence in God. Amen. Let's stop right there for tonight. I have more, but we'll pick it up on the next lesson. Let's pray. Father, we delight to know you even more perfectly so we can serve you more faithfully. And in approaching your word, we're beginning to discover the greatness of what you have achieved through us and for us at Calvary. And we thank you for it. We thank you that you have given us love to be identified and to identify with your love so that we can live confidently in life and face each day knowing your love resides on the inside of us and that we can make it because you've made us to make it and you made us to grow and excel in your nature and your wisdom and for that alone we praise you. And give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do. Because greater is he that's within you. That's within the world. I'm out of time, but I'm never out of content. We're going to finish this. Love is a lifestyle. Amen. And we're going to grow even more in the things and the love of God. God bless you. And good night.